Impacting statistical and data science community is an aspiration that many of us share. Outlets for such impact include work environments where you may collaborate with interdisciplinary teams. Other newer outlets are podcasting and a variety of publishing platforms. Today, we'll explore the origin story of such a contributor. I'm John Baylor. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Joining me as, as always is regular panelist Rosemary Pennington from the Media Journalism and Film Department. Our guest today is one of the hosts of the Not So Standard Deviations podcast. Roger Peng is a professor of biostatistics at the John Hop Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and the co-director of the Johns Hopkins Data Science Lab. His research focuses on the development of statistical methods for addressing environmental health problems, and he's made major contributions to our understanding of health effects of indoor and outdoor air pollution. He's the author of the popular book, R, Programming for Data Science, and 10 other books on data science and statistics. Roger, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You know, Roger, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the MOOCs and the Lean Pub, and I've, I've recommended to a number of students to, to in fact, do the do your MOOCs for in our programming and some of the other components of that as, as some of background preparation when we didn't have some of that formality in our department. So I, I'm just curious, you know, how do you go from doing academic biostatistics work to, you know, to jumping into MOOCs, the massively open online courses, and then and then publishing via LeanPub? So, so just let us know how this started. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think... One of the things that has been really helpful for me is just being in a department that's just lets you kind of do whatever, you know, <laughs> and it's been very supportive and it's just, um, I think it's unique in that way. Um, and, you know, for, ever since I got to Johns Hopkins now, I mean, you know, it was almost over 18 years ago, a bunch of us have been talking about, well, we, sh we should be putting content online and you know, we should be putting it on the web. And, you know, but the, really, the reality was there was no mechanism to do it. There was very, I mean, we would be building our own, you know, content management systems and our own servers. And, and it was just a, you know, it would have been a nightmare, right? So we talked about it for a long time, didn't do anything about it. Um, and at some point, these platforms started coming online. So one of them was Coursera, uh, but there are other ones too. And they came to the university saying, hey, do you have any people who, um, uh, you know, who want to do this? And it's one of those kind of like, um, you know, luck favors the prepared mind. You know, it was, we had been talking about this forever and here they are with this golden opportunity with exactly what we needed. They had a platform, they had a delivery system, they had, you know, a whole thing that we didn't, we wouldn't have to build ourselves. Um, so we thought, you know, we'll give it a try. Um, and so we started with a few courses at once, you know, in the beginning and then, um, and then we launched our whole data science program. And I think in that time, we really benefited from a kind of first mover advantage. You know, we had the one of the first sequences up there, and and uh, and there was kind of nothing else out there for a long time. And so, and I think at that, even in twenty thirteen ish, it wasn't necessarily immediately clear where the data science thing was going. And um, and so, it's uh, I think it helped that you know data science really you know kind of grew, and then our our program was just sitting there waiting for people to take it. <laughs> I know you've written this book that is very popular about R. I wonder how you approached writing that because it feels like R feels like such a massive thing to try to like get your arms around and figure out like what does someone need to know. So I wonder, you know, if you could just talk about like what your approach to to writing that book was. 
Well, uh, my approach to writing of any book like this is to travel back in time like 10 years and then write the book, you know, because it was, frankly, it was a lot easier to write the book in 2013 than it was, than it would be now. Um, it, it, you know, I've been using R since 1997. Um, and so it was a lot smaller language back then. And it, even in the early, you know, or mid 2000s, you know, it was still a much smaller language. And, you know, I've been teaching it for, you know, for a long time. I had a lot of notes. So that book essentially assembled all my notes together. And it really covers the kind of the base R structures and foundations and doesn't really and i think one of the nice things about it is that it does have a little longevity to it because they didn't really cover anything that was kind of cutting edge at the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um but and so when i look back at it i think oh most of the, almost everything in this book is still correct but the universe of r has grown so much since then and uh, so it's obviously missing a lot of things that are re- a lot of things that i use every day are not in that book but you have to make choices. And I think that's one of the things that we really emphasize in our program, which is that we have to make choices about what to teach and what not to teach. And the more choices we make for them, the better it is, I think. So so what kind of biostatistical work is the the focus of your uh, kind of your research world these days? So I'm primarily involved in in the in studies that look at the health effects of indoor and outdoor air pollution. So outdoor air pollution is kind of like you know what you, what, you, what you see outside when you know when Hillary looks out her window and it's a wildfire haze. You know that's outdoor air pollution, right? And then indoor air pollution. You know there's a lot of types of uh, pollutants inside the home, whether it's secondhand smoke or it's allergens or it's mold. Or, so there's a lot of complex environment inside people's homes. And one of the things that's interesting about that work is that, you know, we often do interventions. So where we can try to modify people's homes and improve them uh, to kind of improve their disease morbidity. Um, and so there are a lot of interesting statistical methods that are um, associated with uh, these kinds of studies, whether it's kind of causal inference or mediation in the intervention trials or it's kind of time series analysis or spatial statistics and the outdoor air pollution stuff. Well, thank you so much, Roger, for taking the time to join us on this this issue of Stats and Short Stories. It's a, a pleasure to chat with you and thank you again for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much. Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media Journalism and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, or other places where you can find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on our program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics. 